0: Welcome to the Speak with People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one on one to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. Have you ever run into, you know, especially speaking at schools, you know, the principal or the guidance counselor or, who, you know, whoever booked you. So they, they have a goal for it and, and they want things to be, you know, communicated a certain way. But then, you know, I think as the communicator, knowing the audience, getting a feel for the audience, being able to speak, obviously they're going to have, a you know, a, a little bit different. Did you ever run into the fact where, like, students just uh, – adored your talk and then maybe the person who booked you was a little bit you know colder on it because you weren't as you know strict yes. or you know those kind of things
1: yeah I, I mean definitely at 25 that that was a period of time where you know we, we go back to those four quadrants my my talk was super inspirational super emotional lots of laughter lots of tears Nothing practical, nothing logical. It was all anecdotal. It was all just my story. I assume my experience correlated to everybody's. And there was nothing practical. It was like, let me kind of vomit this story on you that ends on a high note. It, 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 at least it's a story with a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But let me just kind of vomit it on you. And then, again, give the burden to the audience of you You dig through the vomit and define how this is relatable to you. Mm. Uh, and so, yes, I would have those critiques occasionally. Uh, you, you know, most I would have those critiques occasionally, and looking back, I think they were 100% fair, 100% accurate. Uh, you, you know, my, one of my big epiphanies in the last three years working on the agency side of things is, you know, I used to think if a school hires a speaker, brings in a speaker, they're risking their money. That's not really the risk. The risk is that principal's reputation. Right. You know, so the question to us as speakers is like, have you done what's necessary to earn their trust with one of the most important high risk, high impact things that they will have planned all year? Mm. You know, pull, pulling out 700 kids, or even if it's just 50 kids, a couple classroom fulls of kids, or, or again, those of you all the Work in corporate and business again, not my lane. I'm not going to try to speak to something I don't know. But even in those environments, those those moments matter. Someone is risking their reputation yep. by asking you to talk at that meeting, talk at that conference, do that breakout session, do that thing. Uh and so now, you know, 40-something year old Josh recognizes the following balance and thing that sort of works in concert and a, and a bit in contrast, which is, I think it's unwise to customize your talk because customize means like you tell me whatever's going on and I'm going to, I'm going to write like a whole new talk around that. Mm. You give me the peculiarities of your school or your staff or your organization and I'm going to just put together something I've never, ever done. Mm. Uh, and again, they're risking their reputation, so they they want something proven. They don't you would you would not hire a wedding photographer who's never done it before. Mm, right. Because that's a that's a one-off event that you got to get right. So you <laughs> you go like, I don't really care if they're a nice person. It's nice if they're a nice person, but what I really care I just want to see the photos of other weddings they've done. Yeah. So instead, kind of the the take that I take is is I contextualize my message to their audience and the challenges that they're facing. So that means if you came to two talks in two different cities, they're going to be 80 percent the same. Yeah. But but 20 percent is going to be highly highly contextualized around who am I speaking with in the audience, what are their unique challenges, what, what kind of v- words do they use to describe their challenges, and you know what are the goals of that person who risks their reputation to to bring me in so if they say hey this this aspect is really really important to us a lot of our staff are burning out doesn't mean i'm going to give the whole talk on burning out right but i'm going to i'm going to take at least 5 minutes and really really hammer that home and tie that to the message that i give so now i recognize when someone's bringing me in again they're risking their reputation so they go I saw you somewhere or I saw a video of you somewhere. Our people need that. Mm-hmm. But I also want you to be aware of our our nuances yep. and yep. peculiarities and challenges and kind of marry those two things. I think when you do that, you both bring your best and you make it special for that group. Oof.
0: Oof. Uh, probably a much bigger question than we have time to answer, but do you use the same structure every time when you write a speech? I mean, some people are, you know, super like, I, I got, I'm going to lay out the problem. I'm going to write a big idea statement. You know, here's my, my step, my solution. Do you use the same type of structure or, you know, do you kind of go your own, your own way with that?
1: I, I do eventually, but that's probably step three. Okay. You know, the structure that I use the most frequently is either Monroe's Motivated Sequence, which is something that's timeless, proven, something I learned in grad school that I wish I would have learned like 30 years ago. I I literally just learned it maybe six or seven years ago. Mm. Or I'll use something that I've kind of coined, but there have been other versions of it, which is me, we, you, which is like kind of starting with me, here's my story, we, we, Here's evidence, science, data that says this is not just a challenge I faced in that sob story or funny story I just told you. This is something we all face. And then you, that's kind of the more practical component of like, here's what you should do. Here's how this relates to you. Here's the next step you can take. So I tend to get to one of those two frameworks probably at step three. But the first thing is I just get red hot inspired by a random idea. So right now I've got a killer of an idea around parents, parenting, managing technology with our kids. Mm. It's, it's a pain point I personally feel. It's a pain point I've handled some things brilliantly, some things absolutely idiotically right. with, with my own kid and I've, uh, with, with our own kids. And I've got what I think is a heck of a hook to get us into the conversation that sobers us to the reality of, of what a phone really is, not what we societally Think it is, but that's all that I've got right now. So I get red hot inspired by something, and then I'll start to put it in a framework. Because when I put it in that framework, I go, "All right, so there's like six components I need, and I've got one. Right? I've got one that I like. I haven't even taken it out and told it in front of an audience yet. Uh, So I start to try to fill in those other pieces." And then, and this might slightly contradict the make sure you preheat the oven kind of thing, but I think you'll catch the nuance here, which is if I'm going out and doing a talk and it's a 60-minute talk and I'm trying to work on something new, I will jam five minutes of new material somewhere in the middle. Mm, yeah. It's so that if, worst case, it, it like royally flops, it's not that big of a deal. Fifty five minutes of it was still outstanding. Yep. You know, we'll we'll all forgive a movie if there's like six or seven minutes that kind of drags you you go, I'm gonna get up and go to the bathroom during this during this part. No big <laughs> deal. I still liked the movie. Yep. Uh but but you know, kind of getting that talk or even just that hook on its feet and seeing how I think folks will respond versus how they actually respond helps me get some at bats with it and, and begin to develop it. Mm, Absolutely.
0: Ooh, boy, that's so good. Uh, I I love this. The idea that you're working through with the technology, because I I will read that book because (laughs) you know, my kids, and it's a whole different world for us. Our youngest has autism. So we are in a whole, it's almost like, it's like almost like his brain will work in sync with the iPad (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: mm-hmm. he, he, he like, it's going to sound maybe weird to parents who don't have autistic kids, but, you know, normally when he communicates, you know, he doesn't really need to talk to you, right? He doesn't need you around. And then if he does communicate, it kind of sounds a little robotic. But then when he's kind of in sync with his iPad, it's like he's having a normal conversation and you're like, mm-hmm. where, where is that going? So I, I love kind of that. Some, you know,
1: somehow frees him up. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I love how you developed that. But I guess my question for you, though, is like as a um, you know you've you've created a couple of sayings and one-liners that I mean have really you know taken off. Uh, what what's that been like getting to a place where you, I mean you did a TEDx talk, you know you you've you know kind of taken that uh, that message to places where you know some of us only dream of you know, getting a 10th of the amount of people who have looked at it. Did you ever expect, you know, those to kind of take off the way that you did? Is it because you have this kind of process to get it red hot inspired and you drill down on it? You know, I'm just curious about how, you know, you've been able to manage that.
1: I I mean, my answer to that is maybe yes and no. (laughs) I mean, just all of it. I, I, I would say that, uh, you, you've got to be neurotic and OCD about your message. Mm. You've just you've got to obsess about every single word, particularly if 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 it's if it's kind of your punchiest or most important idea. You've got to obsess about every single word. So so one of the phrases I'm most well known for is the quote: "Every kid is one caring adult away from being a success story." Mm. Now, I don't know how many words that is right now, but when that started, it was about 2x the number of words. Mm. It it had a lot of disclaimers. And I think in the beginning, it wasn't one. It was maybe something like, every every kid's one or two or three or perhaps five. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, just kind of getting really, really obsessive and detail-oriented, particularly when it's a key idea. I I don't think you know, I think you would, you should improve all aspects of your speech, but you should obsess about a couple key aspects mm. of your speech. And so, you know, the things I tried to do was in the beginning, I know it wasn't one. And so I thought, well, if I say every kid is two caring adults away, then societally, we're just going to go, yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm going to let someone else do that. <laughs> I'm going to let someone else be the adult because, uh, yeah, you know, no thanks. I'm good. And so I thought, you know, I really want to punch people. I really want to challenge them. I, I, I don't want to give them any wiggle room where, you know, I almost want to overstate that it's, I don't actually believe this, that it's all on you, but I, but I want to make it that big of a of sort of a call to action that it is on you, that if you don't do this, well, who the heck is going to do it Right for that for that particular kid? Uh, you know, so there are all kinds of things like that that I just thought I want to try to give this idea luggage handles mm. where, you know, as we talked about earlier, like could, could your aunt go give this message? I get, I get Google alerts for the phrase one caring adult. Mm. And last week there was like some city... Wide campaign in Zimbabwe, where they've p- uh, printed it on posters and all these sorts of things. Wow! And you just go that that has nothing to do with my personality, my personal story. My like that has nothing to do with me, except that I was obsessive enough to try to give this idea luggage handles that other people could pick up and carry the message mm. beyond me. Yep. And so, you know, I find for most of us as speakers, we've, we've got some solid things in our talk. And by solid, it would be that moment someone pulls out a piece of paper or they, they snap a photo of that slide. Yep. So, so take that 15 word idea or phrase and really just obsess about every single word like really is this word better than that word there will be times i will do google searches to try to identify how many results does a particular word get so that i understand which is the most common vernacular (laughs) use so for example i did that with children versus kids now children is more used in kind of medical or academic literature but it's like this this idea is not really for them it's 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 for us as everyday people Yep. You know, I I I want the, the the UPS driver to go, you know what? That my nephew, like I could probably be his one carrying it all. Uh, and so I've you know I found that kids or kid is what's kind of most commonplace. So even down to that level, yep. thinking how can I make this the most memorable, punchy, clear, easy to understand idea possible. There's a great resource out there, a book called Smart Brevity that talks a lot about this idea in a variety of context, mm-hmm. email presentations, visuals for presentations, all of those sorts of things.
0: Boy, I love that. One of the things we teach uh, in our Speak Like a Leader course, a little shameless plug, but we've come up with this uh, concept called the pathway, which is just really, it's a step-by-step guide to, you know, developing an effective and... Um, Uh, clear uh, pathway, you know, to communicate. And one of those steps is to embrace clarity and just that wrestle process. Wrestle with the words, you know. Don't just settle, you know, for the the words, but really be able to wrestle. And, uh, I mean, it's just powerful. Just, you know, you get inside of that and what can happen if you, you know, spend a little bit of time, a little bit of time with that. Uh, Because, you know, speak with people, you know, is better than, you know, speak to the people or speak with right. the people, you know, all those right. kind of things. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I, uh, I've, we've gone so much longer than I told you we would because you've just given us so much rich, uh, wisdom and insight. And so I'll start, you know, turning the corner here for us because I'm just so appreciative of, of what you did. But, um, and, and for our listeners, Josh has a couple of books. His other book is A Grown-Up Guide to Teenage Humans. We're going to put that in our Speak With People uh, Facebook group. We try to do giveaways with our uh, authors' books uh, just because I think it, that book is just so incredibly helpful mm. for parents and adults who – you know, work with students. So let's do a couple of rapid fire questions as we sure. kinda we kind of finish this off. So we talk a lot about uh, speaking, communicating, all, all forms of communication, but you know, a lot of public speaker. Do you have a favorite? I know it's probably tough because you've got, you know, thirty five some on your, you know, you know, for your company and all that. But is there a favorite for Josh Ship? You just love listening to the speaker. Never gets old
1: my favorite speaker simply because he's a north star of communication to me is dr henry cloud Mm. he's funny he's disarming he's absurdly practical Mm. and very evidence-based very rich it's not just opinion he's phenomenal Mm. i love it
0: is there a podcast that for you it either you know fills up your development bucket or your guilty pleasure that you're like, okay, I just look forward to, you know, this podcast.
1: Perhaps maybe the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. Big fan of that one. I, I worked for Craig for a couple of years way back in the day, and I've always found him to be a real deal leader. And now for him to be at a season in his life where he's kind of taking you behind the curtain and mm. who's always a good leader, but didn't have the time or wasn't at that season where you would kind of explain how he was a good leader. So I very much enjoy hearing that because, you know, I've really shifted from sort of being a speaker to now leading an organization of speakers. And so that, that leadership thing is something I feel like I have a lot of potential on, but fewer mm. at bats. Mm. So I, I enjoy listening to that. Love it. Is there a book you,
0: you, every communicator should read? Like every speaker, like you've got to read this book. Make sure it's, you know, you go through it cover to cover.
1: Hmm. Perhaps, I'm not going to give you one. I mean, Smart Brevity would be one. Yep. And Story Brand by Donald Miller mm. would be another. Now, Story yeah. Brand talks a lot about, kind of the selling and marketing of a product. But as when you read that as a communicator or speaker, I want you to think my ideas are what I'm trying to market mm. and sell. And therefore, how do I put them through this rubric to be received into the hearts and minds of my listeners? That's so good. That's so
0: good. I just did a training this morning with some licensed bankers in the Nashville area and I held up, Story brand, because yep. it's right next to me. I said, hey, he's in your neighborhood. You've got you've to download everything you can.
1: Uh, that one was crucial to me when, when shifting from speaking to students to adults, because when I spoke to students, I was kind of the main character. Mm. Here's what I went through. I, I got through it with some gusto, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, accepting help, blah, blah, blah. But then when I shifted to speaking to adults, I, I made, you know, my foster dad— the main character mm. and you know he was that idea behind every kid is one caring adult away and he was my one caring adult now frankly so was my mother but again i can't say two because then it contradicts with the idea but but that book really helped me go you know if 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 you make yourself the main character people just go well sure easy for him because he's articulate he's up there talking to us he's in front of us Yep. But if you make someone unlikely, unexpected and someone that is congruent to the audience you're talking to the main character, I think it really sparks a genuine and earnest inspiration in them to embody that. Mm. So powerful.
0: Well, I could drill you with uh, 10 more questions cuz I've I've written down things like how did you achieve all those goals in the first 10 years? I mean, you talked about like I had all these goals, I achieved them. I mean, there's so many I would, you know, Maybe I can get you on again and uh, uh, figure it out, but I can't thank you enough. I mean, Josh, literally from, you know, just an outsider, you know, you've given me time over the years, you've, you know, given me great advice and wisdom, and I just see you doing that with, you know, other folks. Thank you, you know, so much for how you pour into people, and thank you for just how many lives you have, you have affected with your message and uh, have helped them through your speaking, your businesses, your coaching, all of that kind of stuff. So thanks for
1: being on the podcast. Thanks for the kind words. I enjoyed the conversation.
0: Absolutely. Is there anywhere, where can, where's the best place we can send people, you know, in our show notes and all that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, let's say uh, I'm, I would say I'm most active on LinkedIn because Thank- a lot of the ideas I'm kind of thinking about are on, you know, not me being the speaker, but being the speaker agent. And then topuspeakers.com is good for kind of seeing what we're up to, seeing some great examples of speakers. And then we have Uspeaker University for folks that, want to speak to, you know, kids, students, or educators that work with them. I love it.
0: And I can say I'm a, a, uh, a happy client of the USpeaker University. I've loved being a part of it and I've learned, uh, have learned a ton. So it's been, uh, it's been great. Well, Josh Shipp, thank you again. Appreciate your time on the podcast and looking forward to what's ahead.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down and join our community because every single day... We're encouraging each other. We're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.